Welcome, beautiful soul, to the Stars Are Calling You podcast. I'm Danielle Lantieri, an ITA energy medicine practitioner, intuitive empath, and spiritual writer, here to bridge the gap between science and spirituality. In this space, we deep dive every week into topics designed to help you awaken, align, self-heal, and transform. I believe the stars have called you to this podcast for a reason. Let's dive in and find out why. Hello, my beautiful friend. Welcome or welcome back to the Stars Are Calling You podcast. Today, I am recording this on the floor of my bedroom on the eclipse. It is October 25th. It is very late. I usually record my podcast episodes right when I wake up, but I just felt so called to turn on the mic. I just literally laid on my floor for almost an hour listening to the new Taylor Swift album. Again, countless times I've listened to this now. And while I was laying there, literally on the floor, listening to Taylor, I just got hit with a memory of a Chinese proverb that I heard. And this is a very popular proverb, so... I would not be surprised if you guys already heard of it, but it is always good to have a refresher. And so, before I jump into talking about the number one technique for creating your highest timeline, I want to share this short proverb with you to set the stage and introduce the concepts I'm about to discuss with you. Okay, here it goes. Once upon a time, there was an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. One day, his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said sympathetically. You must be so sad. We'll see, the farmer replied. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it two other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbors exclaimed. Not only did your horse return, but you received two more. What great fortune you have. We'll see, answered the farmer. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown off, and broke his leg. The neighbors again came to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Now your son cannot help you with your farming, they said. What terrible luck you have. We'll see, replied the old farmer. The following week, military officials came to the village to conscript young men for the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Such great news, he must be so happy. The man smiled to himself and said once again, We'll see. So this story is one of my all-time favorites. It gives me such a good feeling. It makes me feel so warm, so guided, so held. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because the number one technique for creating your highest timeline is actually letting go, surrendering, trusting, and allowing your highest good to simply unfold. Because you are never alone. There is always your higher self, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, whatever you like to call it guiding you, taking care of you, 
there is divinity unfolding in every moment. Like the farmer in the proverb, he decided, he made the choice to trust and surrender and not to judge any of his experiences, but to simply see what unfolds. The true technique, the true number one technique for creating your highest timeline is not resisting the moment, not resisting the experiences you're in, but simply surrendering, trusting. I feel that a lot of us are being tested on this in this moment, or at least this season of life. I know the eclipse energy can bring a lot of triggers and opportunities for growth and transformation, which may not always be comfortable. And I know going with the flow sounds so much easier said than done. But when you lean in to the magic that happens, when you simply allow instead of resist, then that is when you cultivate your highest timeline with ease. For example, last weekend, I was supposed to go on a really beautiful relaxing vacation with my boyfriend to his house in Vermont. I was looking forward to this vacation for weeks and weeks. I planned everything out. I even bought the ferry ticket. I even went food shopping and got all the food we would need when we were up there. I packed. I was ready to go. I was so excited. My boyfriend and I really needed a getaway, a time to just rest with each other, to integrate a lot of the lessons that we've been learning as a couple, and to just reconnect on a deeper level. And the night before, less than 12 hours before we were supposed to get in the car, something happened and we were unable to go. And at first, I was so disappointed. I was completely heartbroken. I mean, I wasted money on this trip. I was really looking forward to it. I got all of my work done that I would possibly need to do over the weekend done on by Thursday night. That feeling only lasted a few minutes though because I really had an anchor in my energy. After I had a little bit of a pity party, I said, okay, these are the circumstances. In this moment, I cannot change them. We cannot go to that house in Vermont. My boyfriend was saying, maybe we can go somewhere else. Maybe we can get an Airbnb in Boston or literally do anything else to try to salvage the trip. And I just got this overwhelming feeling of this was supposed to happen. This was guided. And I said, how about we have a staycation? How about we act like we've never been to Long Island before in our entire lives and spend the weekend like we would if we were on vacation in Long Island? I have never had so much fun at home. That was the best weekend I've had in, oh my gosh, I don't even know how long. It was simply spectacular. I have to tell you, it was amazing. Every hour was filled with so much joy and presence and excitement and comfort. And my weekend at home would have been completely different had I never set the intention to have a staycation. Now granted, I did take time off work. I did get a lot done beforehand so that weekend could look the way it did. I really set myself up for success in that way. Not every weekend can look like that. But that is the power of letting go, palms wide open, surrendering to the universe, allowing what is meant to happen to unfold, not what your cognitive brain thinks should happen. That's how magic happens. And that's how your highest timeline evolves. And so how can you put this in action? 
Well, first, I encourage you to reflect on some of the things that you're holding resistance around. Could it be your relationships, your career, yourself, your identity? Where is there resistance or tension in your life? How can you let that go? What's this resistance really about? I'll be candid and honest, my resistance around the trip being canceled was actually about the eclipse that happened today. So last November, when there was the eclipse season, I went through something extremely hard and challenging that had to do with my relationships. And it was scarring. I was not looking forward to this eclipse season. And I thought, if I could just run away, (laughs) if I could just not be here, if I could be in fairyland, if I could be out in nature in Vermont with no cell service, then nothing can hurt me anymore. If I'm being honest, that's what was deep down at the root of why I even wanted to go away this weekend in the first place. And when that trip got canceled and I knew I was going to be home, I got nervous. I was fearful. I was like, oh no, what if a bad thing happens? What if an experience that I was completely blindsided by, like last year, comes up again and I'm not safe. I think resisting things in our life can boil down to fear. So I ask you, what are you resisting? And what are you scared of around that topic? Feeling resistance, wanting to control everything. This is so, so normal. We are human beings, okay? We chose to come here and forget a lot of our power and forget a lot of what we're capable of. I mean, we can only use a small percentage of our brains, right? And so this is normal. There are going to be times when you are triggered, when you have a lot of emotions and you are reacting rather than responding, and you are resisting a lot of what's in your field. For example, if God forbid you get into a car accident, your first thought isn't going to be something along the lines of, oh, I'm sure this was divinely orchestrated, right? No, you're going to be shell-shocked. Your nervous system is going to be in a tailspin. You are going to be highly reactive because you just got hit by a car. So we have to give ourselves some grace. But we also have to remind ourselves that this is the work that is going to get us to our highest timeline. Taking that shovel and digging down deep to figure out, okay, where is this resistance stemming from? And then once you know where it's coming from, then you can start surrendering and letting go of that control. You can start trusting yourself, the energy around you, and the higher power you believe in to guide you exactly where you need to go. I do have a whole episode about non-resistance. I do feel like the messages in this episode are a little bit different. Maybe this could be a non-resistance part two type thing. But another part of this number one technique for creating your highest timeline is reminding yourself that you are never truly alone. You are not going through life alone. And I don't just mean your support system, your friends, your family, whatever it may be, whoever it may be. You also have the divine energy of the universe with you at all times, guiding you, protecting you, shielding you. And in times of distress, in times of confusion, in times of pity and victim mindset, and oh, this is so unfair, surrender. Say, I'm not sure how this is all going to work out, but I trust that it will. 
and it will work out for my highest good. That's not always an easy thing. But the peace you will feel in your heart, that is priceless. I'm not sure how it's all going to work out right now, but I trust that I don't need to see it in order to believe it. It is unfolding. And I know this eclipse season is trying for a lot of us. I never experienced anything like I did last year. That was the hardest time of my entire life. Not that I didn't believe in astrology or eclipses, but I believe that all of these transits are opportunities and that this energy gives us a lot to work with. But I never, I don't know, I never had the experience of it completely turning over your life overnight. And so, yeah, I never experienced it. So I couldn't really have that tangible proof. Well, I now have that tangible proof and my heart is going out to anyone who's feeling like their life is in shambles. Like they're not really sure what's up or what's down or how to get back on track, how to get back to manifesting your highest timeline. Well, I will tell you something, something that I learned in ITA and it's been unfolding a lot more and more over the past few months. But this lesson that I learned is that manifestation is not always an action. You don't always need to be doing something in order to manifest. And when I say action, I mean, you don't always need to have a specific meditation or a ritual or journaling practice. I do do these things and I also encourage you to do them as well because they are great and they do drive the energy and funnel it into a really great place for you. However, that's not necessary because we are manifesting every day, whether you consciously know you're doing it or not. And sometimes, at least this was my experience, I felt like I was forcing myself to journal or forcing myself to meditate or forcing myself to engage in some cinnamon ritual out of desperation because I wanted to be in control. I wanted it and I wanted it now and I wanted it my way and I was going to manifest it exactly like that. And that in and of itself is resisting the unfolding of life, resisting my highest timeline. Because guess what? A lot of those things that I was desperate for, I either did get it and realized it's not as good as I wanted it to be or it just wasn't it. Or I didn't get it and something even better came of it. Something even better happened in replace of it. And so all of that time and energy, quote unquote wasted, I don't think anything's really wasted, but all of that energy spent really, really trying to manifest something that just wasn't in my highest good. As humans, we don't see the entire scope of life. That's just a fact in this moment. I don't believe that we have to stay like this forever, but in this moment in time, there is a human veil preventing us from seeing our path crystal clearly. And I'll say this isn't 100%. I believe there are a lot of seers, psychics, highly conscious beings who maybe can do exactly what I'm saying you can't. But on an overall scale, I think that there's a reason why we can't see it so clearly quite yet. Because I think a lot of us need to learn this lesson of faith, trust, allowing, having your eyes completely blindfolded, not being able to see a single thing 
and still walking with confidence and conviction that you will get exactly where you need to go. That is not easy. We want to be in control. We want to know what's going on. And a lot of the times, we can't see it. (laughs) And maybe that's the magic. The trust fall. Maybe that's, that's where it all happens. The moment where you let go, not knowing that there's a net to catch you, maybe that's the moment when your highest timeline clicks into place. And so I ask you, in what areas of your life do you find that there is some fear? In what areas of your life can you bring in more trust and surrender? Because that is when you will start manifesting your highest timeline without even knowing, without even realizing it. And as another thought exercise, think back, really reflect with me right now on times in your life when things didn't go your way or the way you intended it to be, but something even better happened. Or when a really major inconvenience occurred and you discovered that it was protecting you from something or redirecting you to a path that you didn't even realize was there and you would not have found had you not had that inconvenient experience. You've had them. If none are coming to mind right now, I really encourage you to sit down alone, maybe with a cup of tea and a journal, and really reflect on this because I'm telling you, you've had to have those experiences. I could think of multiple on the top of my head right now. I will share one. I was in the city. It was... My first day at NYU, it was the first day of Welcome Week, and there was a introduction ceremony type thing. And it was about a 25-minute subway ride from my dorm, from Washington Square Park. And yes, I live on Long Island. Yes, I should know how to use a subway. I should know how to get around Manhattan. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I do now. But at that time, I wasn't really comfortable with it. Every time I went into the city, I was driving or I was with my mom if I was taking the subway. So yes, I was 18 years old, having been to the city more times than I could count, and I still felt super scared on the subway and had no idea what I was doing. It was a long ways back on foot. It was like 45 minutes. I did not want to walk 45 minutes, but I would. I would do it, then take the subway alone. So now that I've set the scene... I am supposed to go to this introduction with my floor of my dorm. But my roommate said, no, let's not go with them. Let's go over here where my friends are sitting. And I said, okay, cool, because I wanted to meet more friends and I didn't want to leave my roommate alone. So we go over there and we try to sit down and we're told that we can't sit there. Apparently the seats that her friends saved for us were taken up. And so we had to sit all the way, all the way in the back, separate from our cohort group. As soon as the ceremony was over, though, my friend said, okay, bye, I'm going to go meet up with my friends. And I said, okay, have fun. But now thousands and thousands of us freshmen are exiting this auditorium into the streets of Manhattan, and I have no idea how to get back to my dorm. Absolutely no clue. I don't know what subway to take. I don't know where the direction to go in. And I felt really lost and really alone. This was the first time in my entire life where I had that feeling of, oh damn, I gotta get myself back home by myself. I know no one in the city right now. And even though, yes, I'm only an hour and a half from my actual house that I grew up in, being alone in Manhattan is just an interesting feeling. So now as I'm walking out, 
I literally remember hearing the voice in my head saying, Danielle, you're just going to have to go outside your comfort zone and ask someone for help. I am not a social butterfly. I'm a bit of an introvert. And going up to strangers, especially people my age, was very nerve-wracking for me at that time in my life. So now I'm scoping around me for a group of girls who I think look friendly and that would have no problem helping me. And I turn to my left and I see these group of girls and I just, it felt like there was a string connecting me to them, like a bright white light string. And I just felt called to them. I, they felt so safe. It just felt like, ah, I found you kind of thing, which was strange in that moment why I would feel that. But looking back, I felt that, huh, I found exactly where I'm supposed to be. Here you guys are. And so I walk up to them and I say, hey, what dorm are you guys going back to? They said the dorm that was next to mine. I said, can I go back to campus with you? My roommate went off with her friends and I don't want to ride the subway alone. They said, oh my gosh, of course. They welcomed me with open arms. And we walked back, took the subway, everything, and ended up going back to one of their dorms to hang out. And they were just the best people in the entire world. They became my friend group in college. They're the best souls ever. I really found them for a reason. I will say this with 100% confidence. Those people saved my life. That sounds a little dramatic, but I really do feel that on a deep level. I was going through a lot of revelations and healing and growth my freshman year of college, and I would not have been able to do it without them. In the beginning of my freshman year, I was completely blindsided to the fact that I had an eating disorder, that my anxiety was a really big problem. I didn't know what it felt like to feel true peace. Mindfulness was completely foreign to me. It was through their friendships. It was through the lessons each one of those souls taught me through just being their authentic self. That light was shed on my mental health issues. Light was shed on my maladaptive coping, on all of the bad things that needed to be rewired and uprooted. And so it was through their friendships that I became the best version of myself. And it was all because I was lost in Manhattan alone after my roommate ditched me. And so that is an example that I can see looking back so, so clearly where I was divinely led to that experience. And as I'm sharing that, I just remembered so many more in my past. And so, yeah, if I were to give you homework, it would be to think on this, to think about the times when you had a really big inconvenience or obstacle in some way, and it led you to your highest timeline. And the more you surrender and let go of your need for control and transmute the fear that you may have underneath the surface, that is when you were able to co-create magic without even realizing it. You are never alone. You are always being guided and you always, always, always have the power to surrender and to respond rather than react. You are made of magic and magic surrounds you every moment of every day. And with that said, that concludes today's episode of the Stars Are Calling You podcast. I am so, so grateful for this chat with you and I'm sending you as much light and love as I possibly can to the mic and I will talk to you soon. Bye!